Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. God is so good. Amen. Y'all feel the presence of the Lord in this place today? Let's keep that same energy because we about to go in. And I ain't going to lie, for some people this word is going to be very convicting, but I think it's okay because I think we are not only in a season of priority straight, but really it's about maturing in Christ. Right? We got to grow. And today we're going to be talking about building the house of the Lord. I want to to Haggai 1 and it says the second year of King Darius on the first day of the sixth month the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel the son of Sheatiel governor of Judah and son of Josazak these names are amazing the high priests This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It's time time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways and you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down Tim house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored says the Lord you expected much but see it turned out to be little what you brought home I blew away why declares the Lord Almighty because of my house which remains in of you is busy with your own house Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, people and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel and son, the son of Sheachel, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and the whole remnant obeyed the voice of the Lord for their God and for their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. In other words, the people listened, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people with you. That's a good place to say amen, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came 
to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Today, I'm going to preach a word entitled high priority. Everybody say high priority. Y'all ready to hear a word? All right. Thank you. So last week, Pastor Terrence and Patrick Chandler, if you were here, how many of y'all were here last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're good, but we're about to hear a word. Come on, how many of y'all were here last week? Come on, let's get some energy because God was today. He's already speaking. Last week, Pastor Terrence and Patrick Chandler, our CFO, the CFO of Cool Church, came and had this really interesting talk, and it was so eye-opening. It was, it was healing for a lot of people, and I loved it because it was a message about financial stewardship. And so many people got saved, and I was like, wow, God is so good. He could even use a talk about finances to get people closer to him and to dedicate their lives to him. It's amazing. And I love that one of the things that Patrick said was that he could look at your bank by seeing your bank statement. He could tell where your heart was. He could see the things that you cared about the most. And that aligns with scripture, for it says in Luke 12, 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is a phenomenal message, uh, very relevant, because the truth is, there is over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible that talks about money. And one may think that, man, is God obsessed with money? Why are you keep talking about money? The truth is, is, is obviously not, but really that we humans are obsessed with it. The Bible has to correct our thinking, has to adjust our thoughts about the things that we spend the most time thinking about. And you may think, well, I don't. Well, surveys show, see, CNBC recently did a survey and it revealed that most of us spend 50% or more of our time thinking to do with money. And if we're honest, it is always on my mind. I mean, we even have songs about it. I got, mind, I got my mind on money and money on my mind, right? And I love that this is discussion that was had last week was so on point. It was open and it was real. Amen? So today I'm going to get even more real because we're going to be talking about our priorities and getting them straight. Because I believe that we're in a time that is critical. We're seeing all these things happening in our society and the news and everything. And I don't know about you, but it seemed like, you know, things are getting real. It seems like, and I don't mean to say that for to scare anybody, but it just, we're seeing the Bible unfold right before us. And I believe that as people of God, we got to get our priorities in order. Last month, I, I had to get my car repaired because, you know, I may or may into a little fender bender. Thank God Pastor T is not here today. He's traveling. He's spreading the word of God. He's, he's preaching the gospel um, in D.C. Yes, 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 we love him. I'm so thankful that we're in a house that it goes beyond, it goes outside. We are. How many of y'all know that this is the church, the capital C church, and we are all united in getting the word of God out and into the hands of the people and for people to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And that doesn't mean that we sit in our little community and we say us foreign. 
go out and preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. And so, thank God he's not here. That's the point. Because <laughs> any chance he can get to tell me I can't drive, he going to tell me that I can't drive. But I'm a little creative with my driving. <laughs> so in one of my creative... I might have gotten into a little fender bender and so I had to go to call my insurance company and have them you know go through everything that was going on with that and 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 review my benefits and everything and once they determined that the damages were covered I mean it was a little damage but that we, they sent me out to a repair shop. And so I get to the repair shop and it's fabulous. It's like, I mean, the customer service was amazing. They knew, they were like, yes, hello, Miss Wilson. We've been waiting for you, red carpet out. And it was just a, such a pleasant process. And so we go through um, what seeing or repairing and um, we do the, the, the walk around the car and, and all of that, so the inspection. And then I noticed that the representative pulls out this work order and the work order details all the stuff that's going to happen. And the work order kind of looked like this is going to come up on the screen. And, when I, and as she was completing the job, she stamps it with this big red stamp that says high priority. And I'm like, okay, yes, I am high priority, I guess, you know. So I'm feeling good about that. And what, what I realized is that because of who sent me, the job was seemed as a high priority. And so they made sure that they put other jobs to the side to ensure that this job got taken care of because the one who sent me was one of their greatest and biggest clients, the insurance company. But, or you give something priority, you treat them as more important than anything or anyone else. Something of high priority needs our immediate attention. It can't wait. It has to be done now. Like now, now, now. It's, it cannot wait. There is high priority. And so as we're reading and thinking about the story that we just read in the scriptures, the Jews that we're talking about here, they were in Babylon and the king releases them specifically to build the temple of God, to rebuild it because in all of the wars that had happened, the, the, the temple went down and so they had to rebuild it. What's so great is that the king releases them to do that, but the king a believer of God. He's not a follower of God, but yet he releases those held in captivity to do the work of God, and he even resources it. How many of y'all know that God will use your enemies to resource the things he called you to do? And so they get there, they start the work, and for various reasons, they stop the building project. Years go by with no work being done to build the temple, and God sends Haggai, the prophet, to check them about their procrastination and their neglect to build his I mean, these people literally got the read of their life that we just read earlier. See, the procrastination that we read of shows us what happens when we have our priorities wrong. I believe that we procrastinate because we think we have more time. 
when something is just not that important to us or we have something in our agenda that motivates us more. Maybe, maybe it could just be that we have a fear of failing at what that thing is so we procrastinate or we get distracted or we lose passion for that thing. Into this heart for the house season, which this is the season that we're in, we have to be careful not to procrastinate in doing God's work. During this season, we specifically prepare to go above and beyond in our generosity to see the building of God's kingdom happen. Simply put, it's time to build. Everybody say it with me it's time to build. And as we're getting ready and we're gearing up for this building season, it's important that we first get our priority. Verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. So it's it's a time for you to yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while his house and I love how the message version puts it because it's just a little bit clearer where it says the people are procrastinate they say that this isn't the right time to build, rebuild my temple the temple of God shortly after that God said more to Haggai and spoke it how that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home God's temple is in ruins See, Haggai exposes their wrong priorities. In their actions, they said that it was time to live in nicely rebuilt homes while God's house remained in shambles. They were content to let the Lord's cause and its things suffer while they were comfortable in their own luxuries. Instead, they should have given the same energy to the work of God until it was as prosperous as their own lives. They should have been as willing to sacrifice for the work of God as they were to sacrifice for their own personal comfort and luxury. Like we see Solomon, the wisest and richest man in the world in history, the Lord before he built a house for himself and his work was blessed. Everything he did was blessed. Amen. But the funny thing is, is that the people tried to rationalize their procrastination. See, they couldn't speak against the fact that they were supposed to build the temple because that was a direct a command and they knew that they had to do that. So instead, they spoke against the timing of when they were supposed to build that temple. I believe that's a word for us today. I don't think that any of us have any trouble wanting to see God's kingdom built up and grow, amen? But then sometimes we get fascinating and distracted with other things that we forget that there's a time to focus on building God's house. They said it wasn't God's timing to rebuild the temple. And then I thought about that a little bit more. I said, man, why would they really say that, though? Why did they feel prompted them to say that? And the Lord brought me to Ezra 3, 11 through 13, where they talk about this same period where they're building and rebuilding uh, the city after they, were, they returned from exile. And Ezra 3, 11 through 13 says, all the people 
Raz, praising God as the foundation of the temple of God was laid. As there were many noisy shouting, noisily shouting with joy, many older priests, Levites, and family heads who had seen the first temple, when they saw the foundations of this temple laid, wept loud joy. See that joy there, though, in other uh, translation, it said old men who had first seen the first house wept in a loud voice. People couldn't distinguish the shouting from the weeping and the sound of their voices reverberated for miles around. See, the work with joy and praising and they were excited we're gonna win we're doing this and they lay down the foundation for the temple and they're feeling good about it and it gets done and they're like oh my gosh we're so excited and why they were celebrating because they felt like wow if this got done Lord is still with us. See, remember, they had been in exile and they were returning to Jerusalem to do this project. And the, of course, you're, you've been in exile. You're thinking, okay, is God still with us? You know, we've been hardheaded. We've been doing all this stuff. And so seeing that they were able to get this project completed after the project made him confident that the Lord was with them. Amen? Y'all with me? And so they're excited, they're celebrating, they're feeling good. And then here comes the praise haters with their negativity. And they come and they're like, well, and they start weeping and complaining. And the reason why is because they had seen the first temple and they thought that this temple wasn't as good. They thought it wasn't as glorious as what they were building. I mean, they didn't even see the whole thing. They just saw the foundation and they placed that judgment on the work. So a damper on their praise parade because the work didn't meet their expectations. To them, the first temple seemed greater than this one. And they were so stuck on the former things and the things that they were used to that they couldn't see the things doing. Sometimes we can stop our own progress because the things don't meet our expectations. But what if our expectations are misaligned? What if our expectations are short-sighted? What we see is that in this attitude affects the collective energy of the entire community. It says the sounds of their voices reverberated for miles around. What that tells me is that negative energy spreads. In building God's church, your attitude matters. Your heart matters. What you speak out and confess matters. See, we can't be a people who are building God's kingdom and we complaining at the same time. We got to energize each other, encourage each other in the work that God has called us to do. Don't be. Don't be the blockade in what we're trying to do. Maybe things may look different than what you imagine. Maybe these lights are too much. Maybe you were expecting a three-piece suit, you know, or a dress to my ankles. I don't know what you to be wearing. But maybe it's not exactly how you imagined it, or maybe it's not what you're used to. And maybe you're thinking about the good old days, the way that God used to do things. But I want to encourage you not to let your expectation of what you've seen 
stop you from seeing what God is doing today. When the people were met with disappointment, I would imagine that they figured, okay, well, all right, these elders are saying that this ain't it. And so they're met with this disappointment from them. And so they're like, okay, well, maybe God is. Maybe he didn't. He did say to build the temple, but maybe it wasn't now. So then they start to procrastinate and put the project on hold and start thinking about their own stuff, their own things that they had to do, building their own houses. And, and, and the, the Bible says that they're paneled houses way to say fancy houses and work on their own comforts and luxuries. You see, sometimes we use obstacles or opposition as an excuse not to do what God told us to do. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not right. If we all allowed the, the closed doors, when we first started Cool Church, I can't tell you the amount of closed doors that shut in our face as we were trying to find a place to meet and to start this community. And if we had allowed those shut doors to keep us from doing what we knew us to do, y'all wouldn't even be sitting here today. We got so many no's, door after door, nah, nah, you can't have a space here. I mean, we, it, it's not like we're not paying for the space, but we just, it just wasn't happening. But we did not, that's why I love our church, we did not allow that, those closed doors from doing what God told us to do and what we knew we had to do because we knew it was a priority to keep going and to push through because we knew that this community needed the presence of God. And so all the no's kept coming, but hey, there was one yes. And that's all we needed was a yes. I'm saying to you, all we need is a yes. All you need is a yes. Don't give up. Don't get weary in doing good. Don't delay. Don't allow the noise to stop you from what you know God has told you to do. Can I get an amen? amen. We knew starting this work in this community was an urgent matter. It was of high priority. And I believe that in this next phase of building out the work that he's doing here, he's saying, hey, it's time to get, get up. It's time to do my work. It's time to build. And as we get best believe we're going to come into some obstacles. There's going to be every reason for us to not keep pushing through. Lots of excuses we can come up with and we're going to be presented with many different distractions and things that we need to do because in or before for God. But we have to realize that opposition in advancing the kingdom is always the enemy's strategy to keep progress from moving forward. So recognize that those distractions and those dis excuses are just a tool that the enemy uses. Having you do the right thing. Amen? Amen? In this passage, we see how they allow distraction, the distraction of disappointment, because that's what it was. They were disappointed at the elders' response to their labor, and they allowed that to become their excuse doing the work that they were called to do. And so we see how they did that in Haggai verse 1, verse 3. It says, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet um, Haggai. This is when, she, when he checked them and said, is it time for you yourselves to be 
paneled houses while his house remains a ruin? And I believe, unfortunately, that's what a lot of us look like today. We got all the time to build our own castles while the kingdom of God is suffering. And I believe it's a convicting word for us. We got all kinds as to why we can't help the cause of Christ. And I believe that, yes, it's supposed to be convicting, but I believe that we will hear and we will make a change. Amen? Amen. The reality is, is that you don't need to pray about obeying God's commands. So many of us are like, and I'm like, no, God already told you, yes, build his church, build his kingdom. You don't need to pray about what he's already commanded. Amen. Y'all with me? I've read so many articles and reports and seen so many uh, stories about how post pandemic, like everybody is trying everything back to normal and see that's fine in the world standards but I believe in the church of God back to normal is not the goal God is trying to do something new something greater he's trying to use his people to do something and to build on the momentum right the build on the momentum that happened during we all had to shift our priorities anyways. And the things that we held so dear, the things that we focused our energy on just became unimportant, right? And so I believe that that was a shaking. It was the shaking that God was using to remind us that there is no other priority than his work. That, Amen? It doesn't mean that we don't we don't work for the things that we need. We don't work for the things that we need to provide. But this is about priorities, right? And so I love how Matthew Poole says it. He says, do you owe so much to yourselves and so little to you? Some of us are like, you know what? Somebody else can do it. Or maybe we might feel like we could just come to church and we don't need to be part of building the church. You're here for a word. You're just here to get a word. But I believe that God is calling all of us to more. As a church, this help for the hard season is about coming together to make an impact, a monumental impact for God's kingdom. That's purpose. That's purpose. And that has to become our top priority. My luxury, personally, I'm talking to me, my luxury and my comfort can wait. Because it's time to build. Amen? It's the season for us to contribute to building his church. And he wants all of our participation. I love the why. The why is because he deserves the honor. He deserves the glory. Amen. Do I have some people in this place that knows that God the honor and the glory? Come on. And maybe you're sitting here like, yo, chill, sis, you're going hard. Like, you know, this is a lot. I got to get my uh, renovation project done. I got to get my, you know, business plan together. My vision board, vision board. I got to work on that. But here's some real talk for you. Y'all ready? If we don't get our priorities right, God won't bless our efforts anyways. Verse 5. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your way. Here it is. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. I don't want no purse with holes in it. No, that's not cute. 
is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says God. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. You brought home... I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in a ruin while each of you is building your own houses. Consider your ways. See, the Bible tells us to give careful thought to your ways. That's consider your ways. See, the Hebrew figure of speech for this phrase is literally put your heart on the roads. And this refers to the direction that you go. The things that you chase are determined by where your heart is. Basically, what you hold closest to your heart. Ever feel like the work you're doing isn't matching the checks you're cashing? You look at your bank account and statements and the Nothing. I believe that that's a layman's description of God's judgment on the people in this story. What Haggai, Haggai was describing was a double curse. Instead of much was reaped and the little that was brought home wasn't even making an effect. The Bible says that you earn wages and you put it in, an, in a purse with holes. So, so the little bit that you were bringing home wasn't even doing what it needed to do. And the cause of their financial difficulties was simply that they had their priorities wrong. They suffered setback after setback because the blessing of God was not on their finances. Now, sometimes you may think, okay, well, I'm, I'm good. Like, is out of order, but I'm not really suffering any financial hardship. I'm good. Everything's cool. In such time, here's the warning for you. Don't take God's mercy for granted. In those times, you need to turn to God and get your, get your mind right, your heart right, before he needs to use crisis. You didn't get to where you are because you're so great. Because you did it on your own. Because you worked so hard. See, hard work does pay off. But you got to understand that the blessing that you have is only a blessing because of God's hand. You can toil and toil and still reap little if God's hand is not on it. Amen? See, God is in control of all of it. And if you think that it's all about you, maybe I'm talking to, I, I'm talking to me. If I think it's all about me, then what I've done and what I've become guilty of is prioritizing my accomplishments, my achievements, and all the things that I have amassed before God. In other words, I have made an idol of the things that I have gained. And God does not play with idolatry. Amen? Everything that we have, everything that we that is in our hand is because God put it there in the first place. Do I have some people in this place who know where their provision comes from? Do I have some people in this place who know that the approval letter came because of God's hand on it? Do I have some people in this place who know that everything that they have is because God 
God blessed it. Amen. The, the, the winning letter, the scholarship approval, the grant, the bid award, all of that is because God had his hand on it. Amen. Nothing happens without God. If our priority not only with God, will God withhold his blessing, nothing will satisfy you. And that's not living, never being satisfied, always looking for more, feeling like you're not in your purpose, that empty feeling, chasing thing after thing. You want a bigger house, you get a car, you want a nicer car, you want another bag, you want another outfit. I mean, the outfit is cute, sis, but... If that's what you're chasing, you're chasing an empty future. And so I believe what the word of the Lord for us today is that nothing fills the void. God first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And you may, like worldly thinking may say that, okay, putting God first means everything else is going to suffer. But that's counter what the word tells us. The word shows us and the promise is that Jesus is saying, don't worry about your needs. I got that covered. You just worry about my business. Amen. When you put God first, sometimes it'll be material things because you know what? He does give you, he does utilize some of the things that he blesses us so that higher calling and higher purpose. But sometimes it may not look like worldly material things. But what we do know for sure is that what he adds to us has eternal value, joy, peace, love, fulfillment, satisfaction. You're not looking things. You feel fulfilled. Those things have eternal value, closeness to God. Amen? If we labor only for the meat that perishes, as the Jews are here, we're in danger of losing our labor. But if we are sure not be in vain, it's when we labor for the meat that lasts for eternal life. So in other words, work for what has eternal value. It's time to build. Amen? Amen. I'm baptized. I see that. Amen. Let's get our priorities straight because when he becomes our priority, the promise is God is with us. God is with us. Verse 12, then Zerubbabel, son of Sheatiel, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord and their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent them and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. The Lord stirred up the spirit of son of Sheatel, governor of Judah, the spirit of Joshua and the high priest and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. Then they came and began to work on the house of the Lord God Almighty. See, when the prophet delivered the word to them, everyone Everyone got convicted, and I'm praying that today as we hear these words, we too are getting stirred up to do what God is calling us to do. It's time to build. Everybody say it. It's time to build. Come on. See, when they got stirred up, they got back. 
because their hearts were realigned with God's and God was with them and he is with us too. Amen. As we put him first, he will be closer to us, even if it seems inconvenient. You know, I realize that things going on and this season and this call that we're being um, asked to be a part of, they seem inconvenient. But let's be mature believers who aren't moved by convenience, but we're moved by obedience. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen. We, can't, we can't put it off and procrastinate. This is of high priority. And when he's priority, he is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. His presence is everything. Nothing fills him, fills us like he does. That satisfaction, that joy that gives us strength, that power that he puts on us, man, there's nothing like being in the presence of God. There is so much joy in knowing that we are doing what God has called us to do. And I don't want us, any of us, to miss out on this incredible opportunity to be part of building his house. I don't know about you, but I love it when God is proud. Right? When he could say, well done. Come on, you didn't allow the excuses to stop you from what I told you to do. And see, the good thing is not just going to tell us to be a part and contribute and, and build the house and not give us the resource. Did, did we not read that the king sent the people? But he sent them with the resource. And so I believe in this season, God is going to bless us like never before. But not buy more of the worldly comforts, but it's so that we can do the work that he's called us to do. Amen. Do I have some people in this place that believe that God is about to rain heaven on them, rain heaven on all your labor, rain heaven on all of your endeavors, all your projects, because he you, because you're going to be a blessing for his house. Amen. This is a call to action. This is a call for us to build See, and we will not have to be weary in doing good because we will reap a harvest because we are doing the work of I believe we all can do something. God is calling all of us, every one of us. He's blessing all of us. We all have purpose. A lot of people walk around wondering, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? I don't have purpose. You have purpose. The purpose is to build his house. And as you build his, he's going to build yours. Amen. We need to make it a high priority. Our work, our businesses, our areas of opportunity and expertise, all of those things are ministry. If we think that just because we don't necessarily work for the church that this is not our job, it's all of our job. We are the church. We are are mandated. We are commanded to do his work and build his house. Amen? Do I have some people who are getting stirred up in this place? Let's go. Let's go. God wants to use us to build his kingdom. He is the most high. He is incredible he his ways are higher than ours his purposes are higher than ours and that's why we make his work a high priority amen i pray my prayer for you that is that in 
what you sowed will be blessed, will be multiplied a hundredfold, more than you ever have seen, dreamed of, or even thought was possible. And no, this is not a prosperity gospel, but this is a call to action. This is what God is knows what he's called you to do and he's going to equip you and resource you so that you can do the work that he's called you to do amen he's going to bless you amen thank you so much for listening to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you heard please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.